0: Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down
1: Khalil Mack.
0: Oh, here comes. Bullshot. or without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up
1: and he's going to be hit from the side and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne. This is presented by Blue Wire. And This week I have a special guest in Craig Rowe, who is a current CFL defensive lineman, played for the University of Michigan, was in the Carolina Panthers uh, camp, uh, initially coming out of college, I believe in 2013-14 time frame, uh, but for the last six years or so he's been in the CFL and he's a productive player there. But I just thought that uh, it'd be interesting to have him on and discuss defensive line technique and just playing defensive line in general, and just get his perspective, not only um, from the CFL, but also just his uh, Twitter account and the things that he's doing there, I think are pretty interesting. Um, so definitely check this out, check him out on online as well. Um, it's Craig Rowe, R-O-H. And yeah, I mean, we discussed all different sorts of NFL players, techniques, and um, you know some of the things that I really enjoyed discussing were the cross-chop and variations of that move that are very, I mean, it's predominant right now in the NFL and it's there's a lot of variance to it. Um, he actually referred to it initially as jump-chop, um, which you could see guys like Aaron Donald really kind of jump when they do the cross-chop. Uh, so that's kind of what he was getting at with saying jump instead of cross. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yannick Nakakwe is another one who has a a jumping element to the move um so this this is a podcast that got really uh nuanced in the discussion of technique uh for playing defensive line so if you're interested in that i think you'll enjoy it there's really not a lot of people talking about this in a podcast format um but there's uh quite a few people out there who i think will um get a lot of get a lot out of this um it's pretty insightful um and there's a lot of uh granular discussion of playing on, playing in the trenches basically. Um, So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and this interview. And man, I'm excited. Uh, Some other things that I have going on, I'm I'm going down or going up, I guess, uh, to the Offensive Line Masterminds Clinic. Uh, That's in July. So I'll be there for the third consecutive year and I'm putting together film now uh, so all of us can study it there. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's some of the names of the guys that are going to be there this year uh, are pretty impressive. Um, and I'll just kind of say that some of the names are, are big name guys who aren't playing anymore. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that I can really give out names yet. But maybe next week I, I can do that. I'll have to discuss it. Uh, with some people, um, you know, I don't want to give out names and them not show up, but uh, Yeah, some of the near confirmation Names that I've heard uh, are really really impressive like Hall of Fame level guys uh, So that would be really cool to kind of get them in the mix with all the current players that we're gonna have as well as Guys that just got drafted as we did the prior year um, so it's gonna be a really fun time and I'm going to have my notebook, as always, and I'm going to come back here and share notes um, and things that I learned. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be probably the second week of July sometime. Uh, I'm going to try to record from there, but I'll definitely do a a recap podcast on the Offensive Line Mastermind (coughs) So definitely be on the lookout for that. And yeah, hopefully you enjoy this interview. And next week, I'll have another one for you guys please just rate, review, subscribe to this show. It helps us uh, a great deal. And here's my interview with Craig Rowe. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online also has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Just visit betonline.ag and use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BlueWire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Hello? Hey, what's up, Craig? It's Brandon.
1: Oh, Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. How you doing, man?
1: Good. Glad we could get on the phone call here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've been enjoying following your stuff on Twitter, so it's been cool to see.
1: Yeah. So you're, uh, yeah. Appreciate it. First of all. And, uh, so you're out in, uh, Texas.
0: Yep. Yeah. I live in San Antonio.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, the I, I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba right now, uh, because oh, okay. I've been playing up in the C. Yeah, because I've been playing up in the CSL. Right. Um, but the the wife and I are actually looking to move down to uh, Austin, Texas. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So it. Uh, I, I work in the off seasons for a company called uh, Skip the Dishes, which is like the Canadian Uber Eats. I'm a product manager for them, so I'm looking for. For jobs in tech and Austin, surprisingly, is like one of the becoming kind of a tech center, and uh, right and um, you know it's, it's still pretty affordable too.
0: Yeah, that was kind of one of the draws for us to Texas was the cost of living is a lot lower than I, I was. We were coming from Colorado, so oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that was were part you in of Denver? That, uh, Colorado Springs, actually.
1: So, oh okay.
0: Yeah, I got stationed there. I was in the Air Force uh, before I got into scouting and stuff.
1: That's very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, with the podcast, I was just thinking that we could talk a lot about defensive line technique. Um, And I just wanted to ask you about just kind of some of the stuff that maybe you use as a player and some stuff that you've been taught and um you know just kind of your approach to the position and and just kind of get into defensive line play as a whole if that's cool
1: yeah yeah that'd be great
0: okay cool all right so it's it's craig rowe right i'm saying that right
1: yeah yeah c-r-a-i-g-r-o-h
0: okay cool All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just, uh, just give me a second, a couple seconds of silence here and then I'll just like get right into the interview and we'll, and we'll go for about 15, 20 minutes.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: All right, everybody. I'm here with Craig Rowe, a guy that I've been following on Twitter who does a lot of really good work on there for defensive line technique and makes a lot of, good observations about the position. I think you can learn a lot from him there. And he's also a a CFL defensive end. He went to the University of Michigan. And, you know, I'm really excited to talk to Craig. Uh, So welcome to the show, man. Thanks for doing this.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just give the people a little bit of a background of how you got into the CFL and just where you're at now cuz I think it's a you know pretty interesting path and not one that I've really had on the podcast before so I'm excited about it but
1: yeah totally so I'm actually originally from Scottsdale Arizona went to University of Michigan uh, you know had two different head coaches played in three different defenses and played just about every position from the defensive line there And then I got uh, drafted by the Carolina Panthers after that and played with them for about a year and a half. And then uh, after that came up to the CFL and played for the BC lions and, and Winnipeg blue bombers. And uh, yeah. And so now I'm coming into my believe seventh year as a pro football player. Um, So, you know, very fortunate to have played this long to say the least.
0: Yeah. So the, the time at Michigan, um, there's quite a few players there that were more notable um, as well as yourself. Uh, what, what did you learn, you know, in that environment? It's such a, you know, a big-time college football program that maybe sticks with you today.
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is just learning just how to work. Um, you really have, both with the Ridge Rod staff and Brady Hoke staff, uh, you just get to a new level, new level of of just stuff that you just kind of got to get through. Um, you know, I remember one camp my senior year where I'm literally coughing up blood, and we're doing two a days, and it's, uh, you know, I was just horribly sick the entire time, and you know, there wasn't really anyone who was gonna, you know, uh, you know, pat me on the back and <laughs> say it was okay. <laughs> So I had to figure out a way to, in that very intense period, be able to figure out a way to keep performing. And I think that's something that I still bring with me into my life today.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the, the CFL, um, that's something that, you know, a league that I'm not super familiar with. I know that there's been some players that have come into the NFL from the CFL. Is is that a, a goal of yours still? Or are you, are you pretty content in the CFL and just how how is that for you and how, how is that different, I guess, from, you know, American football?
1: Yeah, totally. So the biggest difference for a defensive lineman is uh, you're one yard off the ball, which now it changes a lot of what you can do in terms of, you know, speed rush, you know, the way you rush the passer and the way you play the run. Um, you know, down south, you can beat guys with just, like, straight get-off, right? And you can speed rush and dip and rip around the corner. In the CFL, you know, the, you know, if you're at defensive end, and the, you know, the tackles will cheat and they will be about a yard off the ball. And then you're a yard off the ball. And so you have two yards before you can even contact the tackle. That tackle's got a two-yard head start on you. And So you have to really play a little bit more with momentum than just like strictly get off and, and speed. And so that's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, and then in terms of my career, I think the thing for me is, you know, there's a there's a certain age where NFL scouts just stop stop looking for you know older players and uh you know I think I'm I'm at that age right now I think like 20 you know 27 to the, the cutoff point there typically at least from what I've been told um and yeah so yeah but like definitely content to you know keep playing in the CFL and and keep showing my stuff there
0: yeah for sure so uh, I mean is it like in the CFL some of the the guys that have come before you like what are some of the guys that are really well known in the CFL that maybe you have studied, do you, do you look back on tape of other guys in the CFL to kind of see how they were doing it at a high level? And if so, is there any players that you can name?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, really, I, I, I'm looking at like the, what a lot of the current players have have done. Um, But I mean, you look at there, there have been greats in the CFL who, who have gone to, you know, down to the NFL. But in general, I, I look at kind of more recent players or in the past five years because, you know, a lot of the protections, a lot of what's what's been done, um, you know, is, is uh, you want to look generally at the most current stuff to just to see how guys are blocking stuff.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I guess some of the stuff that you do now, uh, what are some of the, like, what's your favorite pass rush move?
1: Yeah, well, I think it, it de- depends on the situation. And so, you know, in, in my life, one of my favorites has been the spin move.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: the, and, you know, I remember watching Dwight Freeney growing up. And you know, that was a guy that, you know, I thought, wow, like the spin move is like such an interesting move because you really, you really don't have a way of knowing that it's coming before it's happening. Uh, it's, it's very hard to determine whether or not someone is spinning until it is actually happening. Where with other counter moves, uh, there are indicators that can tell you that, you know, that that counter move is coming. So the spin move is something that, you know, I initially did at Michigan and then, you know, the coaches didn't allow me to do it for a while. And so it got lost in the fray. And then I, I brought it back later in my career and you know has been one of my um, better pass rush moves that I've been able to pull out. Uh, another big one is the the jump chop. I'm sure you've seen Aaron Donald do it off of a, a one step jump chop, but I found that to be one that's that's also just absolutely lethal for, especially for offensive linemen who are very aggressive.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know the the jump and the chopping simultaneously, it really makes you a moving target to offensive linemen, and makes it difficult for them to get a solid punch on you. And you know, and then you grab their shoulder and. And you know it's all done from there.
0: Right. Yeah. Those. That, that's cool that you said. Is it a the spin that you use? Do you typically spin inside or outside?
1: I uh, generally inside. Yeah. And in gotcha. the CFL because they, there's that extra yard there, you'll generally do a spin um, like on in the NFL you'll spin typically on the third step, in the CFL you you'll spin typically on the fifth step. So it'll be um one you know first step inside step second step outside step then you fake fake in fake out and then and then you do the chop and then the spin on the fifth step
0: got you okay yeah that makes sense yeah that that's awesome that you use a spin a lot that's something that i really like seeing on tape in the nfl and you know not a whole lot of guys use it but the guys that do are are, you know it's pretty lethal as as a counter move and then like you, you call it the jump chop or the cross chop. Um, that's that's the same thing, right? I mean, I, I always call it the cross chop, but I think you're talking about the same thing. Where you come across? Yeah, it. yeah.
1: Everyone, everyone's got kind of their own little uh, right. terminology change with it. But yeah, the cross chop. And the reason why I call it the jump chop is um, you're literally, you're literally jumping off of it. Right. Both feet leave the ground. And so okay. I'd say there's a small differentiation between the jump chop and the cross chop, because you can do the cross chop and not leave, um, your feet. And I've definitely seen guys do that, but the jump chop I-, I found is actually a little bit more effective because by, by jumping, you actually make yourself a little bit harder of a target to hit. And a lot of old linemen, uh, don't really expect guys to jump and leave their feet like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Aaron Donald, um, I think DeMarcus Lawrence has a unique cross chop where he almost does a Euro step. Right. Right. You know, and that's kind of unique. And then Yannick Nagakwe has a really nice jump, or I mean, it is kind of a jump chop. I mean that he does, he, he, he gets off the ground when he uses it as well. Um,
1: Yeah. Yannick's is fantastic. It's really Yannick's is, the DN version of Aaron Donald's jump chop. And so, you know, Aaron Donald's is done off of the, he jumps off of the first step where Yannick would, would jump off of the third step.
0: Right. Which makes sense. Cause he's, you know, operating in a little bit more space, but yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So who,
0: what, what other pass rushers do you like to study in the NFL? Um, Cause those are two of my favorite uh, as far as that end. Is there any others that come to mind?
1: yeah let me think about it uh yeah dwight freeney was one of my top guys you know robert mathis as well Mm -hmm. was was one of the old guys i used to watch quite a bit um i'm trying to think
0: you watch any jones
1: oh yeah i watched all sorts of films yeah I, i got actually a whole google drive folder you know one guy that i actually uh have watched a decent amount so you know what's kind of interesting as a pass rusher is that you want to watch, well, one thing that I learned actually is that you want to watch guys who are a similar body type to you, Mm -hmm. and so a guy who um, I actually ran into in the Big Ten and who, you know, who I think I play similarly to is uh, Adrian Claiborne, a bit thicker, stronger of a guy, and Um if you remember he had a you know like five six sack game I think it was like two years ago actually when he was on the Falcons. And um It was against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, exactly against the Cowboys. Yeah. And he was just absolutely tearing them up. And he's a guy who um you know, in watching the way that he approaches the game. Uh, I've tried to mirror a a lot of what he does, just because he's a similar, you know, speed, body type, arm length. um, You know, a lot of the moves that he uses, I feel like I
0: can use as well. Man, that's a good one. Uh, He's an underrated guy. And I I mean, I was watching him when he was with the Bucks, also Falcons. Um, He's been around a little bit, but he he's interesting because he is a bigger body type and he has, you know, speed to power ability and, you know, ability to, you know, go down the middle of an offensive lineman, but he has a really nice cross chop move as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: The yeah. cross chop, you're, you're seeing that come up quite a bit more throughout uh, really all the league. And, and you know, it's because it's such an effective move. And especially for guys who are punchers and, and low hand punchers, blockers who are, are punching in that sort of way. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, you totally neutralize their punch and then be able to, you know, you grab the shoulder right after. And that really catapults you and makes it easier for you actually to turn the edge.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's really cool that you watch a lot of him. I have a ton of his videos on on my Twitter that I've posted over the years from New England as well um yeah. yeah he he has he's a really crafty nuanced pass rusher um and he doesn't really look that like he would be that type of guy based on his body type but he's a kind of an unorthodox guy i really like watching him that's a good one yeah exactly yeah for sure so when you when you line up in your defense that you play in in the cfl what alignment are you in are you like in a? Are, is everybody in a wide nine or or how do you play that
1: Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the defense. So, like, if you look at, um, you know, a a ways that will typically line up in, you know, a a four down lineman situation, I'm typically lining up about, you know, two and a half yards outside of the the tackle's outside foot. And generally, I'm going to be pointing in at at a 45 degree angle. And to be honest with you, I, I do really the same sort of thing, even if I was playing down south. But generally what I found is that by tilting your stance in and rushing at a 45 degree angle, it helps turn your hips around a little bit better. And so that when you're trying to turn the corner, your body isn't torqued in in an awkward position now because your hips are already kind of facing the quarterback. Right. Right. As opposed to like if you um, aren't tilted and you're just, you know, your hips are parallel to the line of scrimmage now when you make your move you have to do really almost a 90 degree turn with your hips to get them all around, all the way around the corner and now some players can do that and have you know extremely loose hips i am not one of those guys and i've had to work within uh, what god gifted me with and so you know tilting in at that 45 degree angle has really helped me a lot
0: yeah no i i definitely think that there's something to that and in the nfl whenever guys are tilted I always like to see how offensive linemen handle them. I mean, one of the most kind of like devastating alignments, you know, in the NFL today is when you have some of these freak three techniques that are tilted all the way over like the tackle and they're going against the guard and then you know, yeah putting guards in those positions or you know, obviously puts them in a bad spot. Do you ever get a chance to go inside and rush over a guard at all?
1: Oh yeah, no, I love doing that because right. <laughs> they're usually yeah. not that athletic. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, they're generally one of the least athletic guys on the offensive line, and you know, generally the DN is going to be one of your better athletes, you know, on the defense, and so you you want to create those mismatches. And that you know, your statement there actually reminds me as well uh, of another guy who I look up to, Michael Bennett, who oh. uh, I, mean, I I believe he's one of the the best and craftiest pass rushers in the game. Um, A lot of his stuff is like super innovative in the way that he aligns. I mean, he's really one of the first guys I started seeing who started doing that four eye alignment when rushing a guard. And, you know, it's super powerful because it, it puts a guard on the Island. Guards are usually are, are used to having guys around them to help them out when, when they get beat. But um you know when you align that wide you know it makes it forces that guard to come out and now you you truly have a one-on-one with that guard
0: right yeah exactly that's that's the whole idea i think is to get them isolated and then you know get them in space a little bit more than they're comfortable with and bennett man that that's a good one to talk about as well michael bennett's been a guy who I mean, his, the thing that jumped out to me, you know, he is unique in his alignments and he lines up all over the defensive line, which is awesome to watch. But he's so freaking powerful um, and oh, yeah. explosive at the point of attack. It's, I mean, I've seen him just like destroy guys in the NFL, which, you know, obviously doesn't happen a lot. He's, he's super underrated for sure. Uh, like yeah it's
1: actually really interesting when you look closely at Michael Bennett's tape I mean it you look at his tape and then you look at his uh his like numbers like his combine numbers they're not like through the roof good like you know his 225 he got what 20 something reps you know 25 reps like decent but but not amazing um, and then his 40 time was a four nine you know and his uh his wingspan he's got like a decent wingspan and, and decent arm length. But you look at this guy, it truly shows that if you can, you know, you have a, a base set of like being strong enough or fast enough. He's no speedster. He's, he's not just going to overpower guys with pure strength. But if you're kind of an all-around guy and can be crafty and, and just hone in on your technique, I mean, he's a guy who truly uses his brain and his mind to his advantage. Um, and a guy who, who, you know, is truly a, a master of his craft in terms of understanding the schematics and, and how to use his leverage and power. And, uh, you know, because the guy isn't just naturally uh, a super powerful guy, but he uses his, his uh, um, you know, discipline with technique and his, and his ability to be a, a real student of the game to, to overpower guys in that way
0: yeah for sure his hands are so good, man. I mean he like hes oh yeah he's a technician for sure he's he's one of the more fun guys to watch um have you watched uh, any of let me see uh interior guys that I like? I mean, I love Grady Jared, he's kind of like a Aaron Donald Light. Have you seen a lot of him at all
1: yeah i'm I'm looking up guys right now. I haven't watched a ton of Grady Jared,
0: man check um out. I think you appreciate his game. Out
1: yeah who's who's the uh uh fletcher Cox actually I've been watching a decent amount of his film man, that guy is powerful <laughs> like for how it's it's amazing how big and strong these guys are and they're and they're still like able to move i mean it's super impressive I mean I remember when I was playing on the Panthers and uh I was with starlo to and you know he's a guy who I I saw him one play. He literally lifted and threw the center off the ground and then ran to the sideline to get, to get the tackle. And I was like, my God, this guy's just an absolute freak. (laughs) Like you just see some freaky stuff in the NFL where it's like, you can't coach it. Like these guys are just on another level. And like, you know, Fletcher Cox, he's one of these guys who not only is he a big, strong dude, but like you talk about a repertoire of pass rush moves. I mean that guy's got it
0: oh yeah Fletcher Cox man is the thing about him is his power obviously jumps out when you watch him first on tape but the way he's able to bend and turn the corner at his side oh yeah oh my gosh dude and if you were look at a crazy combine check out his combine it was insane and it translates to the field as well he's he's one of the freakiest athletes there is in the NFL at any position and you know, I, I, for me, over the last five years, I've been watching NFL tape. He's, like, definitely the second or third best defensive tackle after Aaron Donald, in my opinion. So, right,
1: yeah. He's a beast. It's, it's really in- interesting what Aaron Donald, um, how he's kind of changing the position, and I think how people are, are thinking about what can make a defensive tackle now, right, where you have a guy who's, you know, a little bit shorter, a little bit lighter, but is so powerful and explosive. Um, honestly, I, I think a lot of the teams now are, are going to develop their models to these sorts of guys where, I mean, you generally are looking for guys who are uh, a bit bigger, a bit stronger, longer sort of guys. But, you know, you look at the Aaron Donald, and, and you look at even like being a little bit shorter of a defensive tackle, you now, you, you at even before the ball is snapped, you have leverage just based off of your height. You're under the guy's pads. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that you generally want, like, if I'm creating a defensive line, I like, I like creating kind of mismatches of height and strength and speed, right? And so, if I have, I mean, look, look at the two ends of the spectrum. You have like a Calais Campbell, right, who's what, six 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 seven? he's a guy Eight. who I actually like that matchup on guards because a lot of guards are going to be like six one six two, and he can just swim all over them, right? I love that mismatch right there.
0: But then you look at
1: Aaron Donald, who's kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, who's fast and, and a bit shorter. Now he's able to get under the pads of a, a lot of different offensive linemen. And so I like either that like really short or really tall – or really fast or really strong, like you're creating now a mismatch between guys.
0: Yeah, uh, Calais Campbell, you know, being six eight is a good example. DeForest Buckner is a lot like him. Um, if you ever watch any of him with the 49ers, now he's on the Colts. But, you know, he's six 6'7". His, he has like 35-plus-inch arms and like 11-inch hands. I mean, he's just like swinging these giant weapons around. It's, it's crazy. And he swims over guys all the time. And it's just like it's just unreal. He he's a really good player to watch, him and Calais. And then the opposite end of the spectrum, Geno Atkins, Grady Jarrett, Aaron Donald. Yeah. All these guys are like six foot, six one. Um and those are you know, I, I love watching those guys, the guys with natural leverage I like that. Javon Hargrave, um, who else comes to mind? There's a few and there's a lot of nose tackles that are short as well, obviously, because you know, it's tough to get tough to uh move a guy like that at the point of attack like michael pierce for the ravens he's on the Kings now he's you know he's six foot tall 340 i mean you're not really moving that dude very much Uh,
1: (laughs) i mean you even go back in the day vince wilford right yeah yeah. that guy's just a massive i've been watching a little bit more film on on him and actually found an old school clip of him at uh, miami I saw that yeah, man, that, that guy actually, yeah, he had some snap, like, like he, he was explosive off the ball. I, I think over, over the years he's lost a little bit, but
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: man, like he was an explosive guy, like, especially in his younger years.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Miami. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in Florida and loved, I mean, I was kind of more of an FSU guy, but still, I mean, I remember watching Wolf work and like, he was penetrating the backfield like crazy, man. I mean, you know, and before him Sapp was there, he wasn't, you know, he's a different player than Sapp, but he, you know, kind of had shades of that style of play. You know, one of those rare nose tackles that can get in the backfield, you know, reset the line of scrimmage and create penetration. So like people forget that because, you know, the last, like you said, the last half of his career or more, he was just a guy who really kind of ate up blocks, but even later on still, he would have flashes, man, where I think part of it was like his mental processing. He was so smart and he was able to diagnose blocking concepts so quickly that he was able to kind of make guys look, you know, whiff and look bad a lot. I mean, he was, you know, Belichick said he was the the best defensive lineman he's ever coached. So. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: you get that with like I, I've played with guys who are, are top top tier interior linemen um, you know it, it, whether in the CFL or NFL they almost have a sixth sense about what's about to happen pre-snap mm-hmm. and they're now able to make bets on it and I mean some of the best guys that I've been around don't you know they're shooting gaps and, and trying to disrupt these like interior concepts where you know, you have a guard and you feel him a little bit off the line and a little bit light and you feel the center looking at you. You're like, oh yeah, he's about to pull. And then that's when you can make a massive play in the background, in the backfield, um, you know, by jumping the snap count a little bit and then uh, penetrating that gap before the center and guard have a chance to block you.
0: Right. Yep. So when you were in Carolina, did you, you said 2013 to 14, right? somewhere yeah okay so was kawan short there
1: yeah yeah he was uh uh, one of my buds there for sure and he's uh you know he's progressing his career quite a bit
0: yeah man he's he's fun to watch i i uh, i did this project for bleacher report in 2017 where i watched every defensive tackle in the nfl and then graded them all and he was like one of the top 10 guys that year in my opinion he was he was awesome, man. I mean, his blend of like size, strength, and athleticism was pretty freaky. So that's cool that you got to see him up close and kind of see how he played. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. K- KK is actually kind of a, he's like an interesting player because he doesn't have, it's only, he, for him, it's more like he just knows how to like get around the guy. I wouldn't say he's like insanely explosive or strong or fast. But he's got just enough of everything, and just kind of knows how to position and move his body around people, and like where to put his hands. That, um, you know, he ends up making like a just crap ton of plays.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he's fun to watch, man. He he's a, a better pass rusher, and I guess what you're saying lends to that—a better pass rusher than you would think for somebody who looks like he does on film. Um, but yeah, he just kind of a natural pass rusher, I guess
1: yeah he is
0: yeah he's fun to watch yeah man well i appreciate you coming on and just talking a little bit of football um i'd probably like to do it again at some point but um don't want to take too much more of your time i appreciate i'm sure the listeners will appreciate it as well and where can people find you online and um i'm pretty sure you have some stuff going on where you uh you send out uh study material for defensive line is that right
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a couple of different places. So, you know, you can search for Craig Rowe. That's uh, Craig R-O-H uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And, you know, you should be able to find me there. Uh, I also have a website, craigrowe.com where, you know, I post all my um, all my stuff and then you can sign up for my my newsletter where I do breakdowns of, you know, defensive line play as well. And uh you know and very shortly here as well i'll, I'll actually be uh announcing a, a book that i'm going to be starting to to create the uh, the pass rush bible and and you know teaching really people how to not only build great great defensive uh defensive linemen who can pass rush but uh but understanding how to attack uh uh, how to create a pass rush attack as well and you know what are the ways that guys can improve where are the drills you should be doing where are the fronts you should be using in different situations um yeah so we'll be creating that pretty soon here as well
0: nice yeah i'll have to get you back on and talk about that whenever you get closer and you know further into that for sure that sounds interesting
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah that'd be awesome
0: All right, man. Well, I appreciate it again, and I'm sure we'll talk soon.
1: All right, sounds good.